The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and we're glad that you're joining us again today for a timely topic in the world of your career development. So one of the things that happens over the summer is this intense opportunity, if you will, to attend professional conferences or to apply to attend them in the fall. Everyone's gearing up to apply to attend to those conferences in the fall, as well as job fairs seem to be in abundance over the summer months. So if you are looking to work on your career, so summer is a bad time to take off. And we're going to talk today about how to do these events as good as possible and why you would want to do these events. So you may be buried in work and think that you are going to advance your career by doing great work. And of course, that is a part of advancing your career. But as we've talked on this show many times, most of your career success will be from the professional capital that you've developed outside of your existing organization. Why? Because just face it, there's less mobility options within existing companies today than there ever has been before. And if you want to have opportunity, not necessarily moving out of your company, but have opportunity to grow professionally, it will probably require you to have relationships across your industry, outside of your organization, with vendors, a subcontractors, and or colleagues at your competitors. And so if you're going to build those relationships, if you're going to build that professional capital so that you have mobility in your career, professional conferences are a great way to do it. Now, why you would want to attend one of these things, you, you know, that's the best reason is to build and reconnect and make those connections. But of course, there are other reasons that you might want to attend. Perhaps you have connections on social media or people you talk to on the phone all the time, and it's so much fun to meet them in person and give you the opportunity to really build relationships with them. Although we may have a great relationship with someone over the phone, meeting them in person just solidifies that, changes the nature of our relationship, and provides you even more capital, if you will, on on which you could build in your future. 
it's really an opportunity to stay on top of trends. That's another key thing in being secure in your career is being able to look at what's coming up next. How do you get the skill sets to to do that, to stay competitive, to stay marketable? And that can be an intense request of you as an individual to really keep your pulse on the, on the market in your industry. Well, going to a conference, of course, allows you to learn those things in a, a packaged way where you don't have to go out and, and research or stay on top of everything yourself. So those conferences can be a great way to give you market intelligence about your industry so that you can plan ahead for your career moves, for the skills you might need to learn and take that initiative. Of course, you're going to meet new vendors, which may expand your network in a different way or provide value to you in your current position. And making all of those connections in person is just a lot of fun. So getting rejuvenated, getting refilled to do what you do every day, my promises that when you do that you do it better you get recognized more for it because you are refreshed and more engaged in what you're doing every day which is a natural attractor for those around you to want to figure out what you're doing how you're doing it well and how they can get you on their team because everybody wants that energy on on their team so i'd encourage you in this Time or maybe in, you know, here in the, the beginning of June, things have slowed down a little bit from the craziness of May, hopefully. Do some research. What com- conferences are coming up in your industry? Perhaps they're coming up in the fall and you'll have time to plan and get to them. How much do they cost? Talk to your boss, your manager. What does that look like? But don't be afraid to invest in yourself. We are by the days where your company is going to take care of you. And that applies to many different ways that we expect them to take care of us. Not only are they not going to be shepherding us along a career path like they used to, but they aren't able to or aren't willing to invest in our development the way that they used to. And we still need that. We still need to develop our skills. We need to build our network That is going to be our safety net, not a company, not any one company is your safety net in your career. It's really going to be those relationships that you have within your industry, not in within your company, but within your industry. And so although you may pay out some money to go to a conference, it's very likely that that may save you weeks and weeks of unemployment down the road when things shift And you're all of a sudden caught off guard by your company's changes. So consider those opportunities. Consider the investment, of course. But don't let your company's inability or unwillingness to help you cover those costs make that decision for you. Perhaps there are things that are local, a local chapter that's having an event that you can go to where it would be lower cost and still give you some of the same great outcomes that you can get from attending an event with with your industry. So get creative, look around, see what's available, 
don't forget about the, we talked about a few weeks ago, the, the career development program, program. Don't forget about going to talk to HR or some of those other folks about budget, not just with your direct manager. What opportunities, what resources are available for you to get out of the office and attend an in-person event? So when you're thinking about those professional association meetings and what you might do to make them the most effective, of of course, first of all, you want to pick meetings that make sense for your current and future career goals. So if you are a software programmer and you want to be, you want to move more into management, you might look for those conferences that have that management content included, one where it's just all developers talking to developers and sitting around and coding may not fit your needs, fits your current needs, but not your future goals. So look for those events that allow you to get what you need in terms of connections as well as content. So the connections that you want to make external to your company will be your peers. Those are great connections to make. You also want to make connections with the persons that would be at that next level, at the level that you want to be, with the level that would hire you, or perhaps even the types of positions that you're thinking about moving into. So if you're in software and you're thinking about moving more into the business development, product line development, types of roles find those types of conferences what's going on in that in that world and how can you connect there and of show of course show value to that type of conference in your current position as well as how it's going to help you and your company in the future so seeking out those events doing your research is going to be your first step what's going on in your industry what professional associations are out there? You might start on LinkedIn. Do that research. Figure out what is going on in your industry. It's always amazing to me, all of the LinkedIn groups and all of the professional associations that exist for very specific types of careers and jobs When I first started in this business, I would have never imagined that there was a professional association just for resume writing, right? There is. It's called the National Resume Writers Association. And wouldn't you know, it's a great place to go to stay up on trends and and meet other writers and get engaged in my field. I've seen so many different types of professional associations for all different types of careers getting very specific or, or broad. And again, when you're doing that research, you're looking for that happy medium between where you are now and where you want to be in the future. Once you find some of those national associations, then of course you can go to their page and see if they've got state or or local type regional groups where you might find an event that would be lower cost to attend, perhaps something you can drive to, maybe even something you don't have to stay overnight for and get engaged that way. And people always wonder, you know, what really can getting involved in a professional association do for me? 
and although it may be a little bit different because of my industry, in that was probably the biggest launch pad for my for my career. Got involved with the Colorado Career Development Association when before I graduated with my master's degree, was their president right after I got my master's degree, and then found the National Resume Writers Association, was their president. We'll talk about that in our next segment. And then got the recognition in the industry that way to get referrals of business, to to have the opportunity to do business with my colleagues, and then, of course, to purchase Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy and take on a whole new different level of my career moving into a different space. And this happens for engineers and coders, right? You go to a conference, you meet people from other organizations, you get involved, you get engaged, you get known, you get to be visible in your industry, and then you get those opportunities to move around, to move up, to do interesting projects, perhaps with a vendor, perhaps they need something done. It opens all kinds of doors that we can't even fathom at the beginning of our of our time there. So we'll take a short break. I want to come back and talk about what to do at these meetings or with these professional groups to get the best benefit out of attending. We'll be back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Do you feel it when you work with marketing or PR firms? They're moving in slow motion. Or they just don't know what they're talking about. You won't get that on Marketing at Lightspeed. Host Ethan Raziel and his guest experts will deliver tips and tricks that work at Lightspeed. If you want to accelerate your company's marketing, listen every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking about using your summertime here to plan and or attend some professional association meetings and or job fairs. So professional associations, great way to build your professional capital in other companies across your industry, vendors, contractors, realizing that those are going to be the relationships and opportunities that may be most important and or most available for you to advance your career. So I was working with a hardware engineer years ago who had been out of work for about two years. And he came to me and wanted to work on his resume. And this was in that wonderful 2008-2009 slump time. Wanted to work on his resume. Definitely had some improvements that we made there. And then we started talking about his job search. And I brought this up. You know, are there professional associations that you've attended in the past that that you could go to that get your industry connections revived, right? You've been out of it for too long, and those relationships are really what is going to help you land a new position. And he said, well, actually, there's one coming up in California in about a month that I've been thinking about. You know, it's expensive, but I know it would be important. Well, long story short, of course, he decided to go. And he came back from that and said, I met five people that were interested in talking with me further that might be able to help me move my resume into their company and get some opportunities. Awesome, right? And so after looking for two years, within about three months of attending that conference, he had a new job. was amazing, right? And of course, that's not going to happen for everyone. And if you're not unemployed, now is the time to do this. When you are unemployed, it's going to be even more challenging money-wise. And although you may think you'll have the time, in my experience, it doesn't really work that way. So do it now. Do it while you're employed. Of course, ask your employer if they can help. But don't let that make the decision for you. This is your career and your professional development and your professional capital that we're talking about building here. So take some ownership of that. When we talk about going to these events, you know, what did he do that was so successful? And I'm not going to take credit for this because he did his research and knew what he was doing, built his plan and, and did it and made that happen. So what could you do if you were going to go to one of these professional meetings over the summer or in the fall, first thing is to have a plan, have a goal, do your research. So know what types of companies you could expect to be there, who might be there, connect to those people that you know on LinkedIn, your vendors, your previous colleagues, other folks that you could meet in a LinkedIn group, do those connections ahead of time. So let's say you're going to go to the American Marketing Association Conference. 
Get on their LinkedIn group ahead of time. Start interacting with people. You may even pose the question, hey, I'm going to the the conference. Is there anybody who works in this specialty or with this specific technology who is also going? I'd love to connect with you there. Start that ahead of time. This might even be more important if you're introverted, although it may be scary to do. But if you do some of those scary things online, then you don't have to do them in person, right? You might actually show up and know some people who are going to be there or have it planned to meet some people who are going to be there that you haven't met before. And that's going to make it so much easier for you as that introvert. I do this before my professional conferences, you know, let people know that I'm going, tell them that if they're going to be there, reach out and let me know so we can connect. And it's a wonderful thing for me to know that, okay, when I get there, I'm going to have lunch with this person and dinner with that person. Some of them are people I've already met. This last summer, I went to breakfast with a, a woman from a university in North Carolina, I think, who I never met. We had just been in the same LinkedIn group through our professional associations. And it was wonderful, right? You know you have something in common. You can chat a little bit online before you get there. And the whole event doesn't end up being an isolation event, which can definitely happen for those of us who are introverts. So have a plan. Know who's going to go there. Know who's going to be there. And know a little bit about who you'd like to meet. Setting some of those goals can be important. You want to meet somebody from this company or that company, then you'll know who to look for, whose booth you want to stop by, and maybe even who you'd like to get an introduction to if you happen to meet someone else at that event or at that booth from that company. Then you want to do some of the basic things. So look professional. Look like someone who would be expected to be at an event from your industry. Just because you're out and about doesn't mean that you want to wear clothing that's unprofessional. Of course, you also want it to be comfortable as you're going to be walking a lot when you go to these events, right? And ladies, those nice, gorgeous heels, if you're not used to walking in them, probably aren't going to work long term at an event. Men know what's appropriate, right? If it's if you're in a suit and tie industry, of course, you're going to wear your suit and tie. If you're not, you want to dress almost as maybe like you would for an interview, perhaps a step down from what you dress for an interview in your field. You know, if you're an engineer, obviously the dress is going to be more relaxed. But at the conference, you want to make sure that that you fit in and yet look nice. So pick and pick a place there that's going to fit for you. Probably no flip-flops, even if you're going to Florida, you know, you wear those wear those shorts but but look nice. The other thing you want to do in that realm is to be careful of having too much fun, let's say, right? So you don't want to have the reputation of being the person that got so drunk that they puked on the floor or whatever it might be that you typically wouldn't do, but you get there, again, perhaps you're nervous. Be careful with what you're doing and the impression that you're making as you're you're going to that event. Other little things to watch out for, and you don't necessarily think about how this might be perceived, 
but loading your plate three or four times with desserts and all of those things, you know, not the greatest impression. So be careful with some of those um, freebies that we might overly indulge in. And, you know, just in general, taking care of, of yourself and being putting forth that good professional image of yourself while you're there. So you're planning to go, you you know who's going to be there, and look at the schedule, what conference topics are there, what sessions does it make sense to attend, again, thinking about your, your current and future skill sets that you want to gain, pick out those sessions and know where you want to go. However, don't make that the end-all be-all of the conference. The magic happens in the hallway, as one of my professors would always say when I was getting ready to go to these events. So if you're in conversation with someone and you finally met that person in your industry and you're talking out in the hallway, do not end that conversation to go into a session. It will be okay. You can walk in late. Most of the time, that's not a big deal. The magic happens in the hallway, Meet those people, talk to them, build relationships, exchange business cards, really take advantage of the stuff that happens outside of the sessions. Yes, the sessions are important, the content is important, but you want to make sure that you are taking advantage of the opportunity to connect with people. That's the biggest thing about going to something in person, right? Connect with those people. So especially you more task-oriented A-types, be careful of that. Don't be rushing to your sessions and, and miss the opportunity to really connect with the people around you. For those of you who are introverted, of course, this can be a particular challenge. To strike up a conversation is more challenging than just to put your head down and go from session to session. You will not get what you need to get out of a conference if you put your head down and go from session to session. The easiest place to strike up those conversations is going to be right after a session with the person that perhaps you were sitting by. So if you're a, a reluctant networker, try to start there. Ask that person what they thought of the, the session. You know, where do they work? Where are they from? In, what did they think? What did they get from it? Ask a few of those questions. Strike up that conversation But again, don't feel like you need to hurry to the next session. It's your opportunity to make those connections. So we'll come, well, let's talk about one more thing. So when we think about those sessions, then we also usually have an exhibit hall. And don't forget that either. Some people are afraid of the exhibit hall because you're going to get sold to. Yes, you're going to get sold to. You're going to hear the people's spiel. But it's also a great opportunity to network. Get that pe- those people's information. Find out what vendors are serving your industry. You never know one of those vendors may be your next employer. So don't be afraid of the exhibit hall. Use it as another networking opportunity. Go around and listen. You don't have to buy anything. Get their free stuff. Go around, listen. And think about how those vendors may play into your future career plan. Maybe there'll be a vendor you need to use when you move up into a leadership position. Perhaps there'll be a vendor that you'd want to work for. There's so many other reasons to have conversations with those vendors. 
than to think that you, you'll have to buy something. So we're going to take a short break and come back and talk about a few other ways that you can get the value out of a professional conference. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Did you know where you bank really matters? Values-based banking is a growing, global, viable alternative to the current banking system. Find out how you can join, share, and participate in a positive money movement that is designed to put the power back in your pockets. Listen for Building Banking on Values with host Linda Ryan. Your money matters. There is a solution, and you can be a part of something greater. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's about a different kind of banking. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking about getting the most out of a professional conference and a job fair. So we've been talking about professional conferences, why you would want to attend, and how you get the most out of them, planning, knowing what sessions you want to go to, not being overly focused on that agenda, knowing that the magic's going to happen in the hallways, and going to that exhibit area so that you can make those connections, use that as a networking opportunity as well. In terms of other things a conference may have to offer, if they offer a social event in the evenings, sign up to go to it. If they offer mentoring or career services opportunities, I was just at the uh, ATD conference, um, training and development conference, and they have a career center where you can sign up to have appointments, look for those opportunities and use them. Use everything that that conference is going to offer, right? Of course, especially if you're paying for it, take advantage of everything that you can. Another part of your plan should be what you're going to say about yourself. 
So who's going to be there? What types of companies? Who do you want to meet? And then what are you going to say about you? And, you know, it doesn't have to be much. You don't have to develop a full canned speech here. But how are you going to answer those typical questions? Where do you work? How, who do you work for? What do you like about your job? How are you going to answer those types of questions? And then also I like to plan what I'm going to ask. What are you going to ask those people that you meet in, in the sessions, in the hallway? How are you going to strike up those conversations? So that gets to the point that's worked the best for me, which is to volunteer. Volunteering can cut down on your costs. Some conferences allow you to even attend for free if you volunteer for a certain portion of time. Volunteering also, for me, gave me a purpose and a platform, if you will, to connect with people. I'm sitting at the registration table. I get to know your name. I get to see your face. I get to introduce myself. That gives me a great opportunity to then connect with you one-on-one later. Being in the association's board or leadership even more so give, gave me that opportunity to connect with individuals than I was connecting with them before we got to the conference, as well as at the, at the conference itself. And I had a role, I had a little bit more structure and more opportunity, if you will, to connect with the people there because of that role. Not going to work for everybody, but it definitely was a a big help to me. And, you know, did we get a lot out of being the president of the Colorado Career Association because it was a prestigious job? Not necessarily. I got a lot out of it because it gave me a platform on which to connect with a lot of my career colleagues and to build meaningful relationships with them and in some ways to have a little bit more credibility as I was doing that. So those positions typically don't require too much of your time and effort and especially if you are a more reluctant networker can be great opportunities for building relationships with your colleagues and building your name in the industry. So don't shy away from those. They're they're not going to they're not going to kill you. There there can, can be great opportunities to build some inroads within that association. So this attending professional conferences and we're going to shift in here to talking about job fairs. Of course, it's going to take some energy. It's going to take more energy for some of us than others. And so we want to plan ahead for that. If you're going to attend some of the night activities, which I would definitely recommend, you may want to make sure you've got one night in the middle scheduled off for keeping up your energy. Or make sure that when that event is over, you know, you're headed back to the the room to recoup your energy. Or perhaps you're going to stay out and have a cocktail with your colleagues, which is great. Then you just want to make sure that you've looked at the morning. Can you have a little bit of quiet time in the morning? How are you going to manage your your energy at this type of an event? And you may think that sounds silly. Oh, it's only three days. But I can, I can attest that if meeting new people and, and being on takes a lot of energy for you, three days is going to be quite exhausting. So you'll want to figure out how you're going to manage your energy during that time. 
and still take advantage of as many scheduled and unscheduled activities as you can. Perhaps there's a break during the day where there's not a topic you're interested in. Go upstairs, relax, get your alone time so that you can do some of those other activities that that make sense. So job fair, a little bit different, right? It's not necessarily going to be stacked full of people in your profession, your industry. However, it can still offer great opportunities. First thing we have to think about and maybe take a reality check on when we're going to go to a job fair is that it's not going to result in a job. It'd be great, and sometimes it does, but if that's our, our main focus that of why we would go to one, it's probably not the best choice to go to. Why would you go to a job fair? Well, to meet some people from companies that perhaps you've been following, interested in, researching. You might go to a job fair to see what types of opportunities that those companies are, are talking about, they're interested in hiring for. You might go to a job fair to interact with an employer, get some informal feedback on your your job search, your focus, your approach. And you may go to a job fair to, especially if you are unemployed, you may go to a job fair simply to make some connections and get out of the house. It would be well worth it just for that alone if you're unemployed and have been sitting in the house too much. So when you're going to go to a job fair, similarly to a professional association meeting, you want to plan ahead. Do your research. What companies are going to be there? Sometimes they'll post positions that they have open at those companies on the job fair site. Sometimes you'll have to go and look at that on their company website. Take the time to do that. Then beyond that, what is actually quote-unquote open Think about which of those companies makes sense for you to apply to longer term. So they may not have an opening at the, at the current moment, but there's opportunity there. They hire people like you. It would be a good fit, i.e. perhaps they're on your target company list, which we talk about a lot when we talk about job search and proactive job search. And that may be one of the criteria for taking your time to go to the job fair. Out of the companies that are going to be there, are there at least a few, uh, in three to five minimum, that are interesting and that you would put onto your target list or are on your target list of companies? But plan ahead, know who's going to be there, know what positions they currently have openings for, and what positions or what companies there may be opportunities at longer term. If at all possible, do the research and see who their recruiters are. The job fair may share that. You may be able to go on to LinkedIn and do some research and perhaps even reach out to a few recruiters from those target companies and let them know that you're going to be at the job fair, that you're looking forward to connecting with whoever from the company is going to be there. Might work, might not, but it can't hurt to do the research and see if you can figure it out. Then, of course, you're going to want to think about your dress. I see people go to our local job fair all the time dressed horribly, and that first impression makes an impression. Sure, they're meeting a million people that day, but when they see you, if they do decide to interview you, they're going to remember that you weren't dressed up. They will. 
it'll just come back as a flash in their mind. So dress appropriately. If you have to wear a coat, which probably won't happen this summer or, or fall, don't wear that coat through the job fair. It drives me crazy when I see people do that at our local job fair. Hang the coat up. Usually they've got a place for you to hang it up. Or in the least, drape it nicely over your, your arm where you're holding your portfolio or whatever it is that's holding your documents. And, and make sure that you look nice. This summer or fall, the issue may be that you're hot. So when you go into the building, you know, take your time, collect yourself, get cooled off before you go into the room where the job fair is happening. Go to the restroom, make sure that your hair's not stuck to your forehead because you've been sweating. Whatever it might be, do that check before you go in. If you have a jacket, a nice jacket, right, a suit jacket, if it's appropriate to be having a suit jacket at this job fair, and, of course, you've had to carry it in because you don't want to wear it outside when it's hot. Same thing. Make sure you have got that on. It's all straightened out before you go into the room. A little bit of primping there before you go in. It's not going to hurt anybody. And it will make a difference for that first impression. The other thing that you'll want to think about for a job fair is your resume. Please, please don't bring your resume to a professional association conference. That's not appropriate, right? But bringing it to a job fair obviously is. However, I do not want you to fall into the trap of having a generic resume that you're bringing to a job fair. Generic doesn't work. Generic is bought off of price, and we don't want you to be brought off of price as an employee, right, in your future company. So we'll get to... Think about how we want to target that resume based on your research. If you're going to talk to companies who generally have these types of openings, bring a resume targeted to that type of opening. If you're going to talk to a few different companies that have a few different types of openings, bring two types of resumes. Do as much as you can to be handing them something that is relevant to the positions that they have open and as relevant as possible to those positions. So we're going to take a short break and come back and finish up talking about what you want to do to be successful at a job fair. And then we'll finish it off here with a few follow-up tips for making professional association meetings and job fairs a success long term. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation.
higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about succeeding in job fairs and professional association conferences or meetings. How can you use those activities to further your career? And we've been talking about job fairs and doing the same kind of preparation that we would do for attending a professional association conference where we're doing our research, understanding who's going to be there, who we want to meet for a job fair, what openings they might have, what future opportunities might exist with that company, even if they don't have openings. And then, of course, building a resume that is as targeted as possible to those openings and opportunities so that we can hand that out at the job fair. This is perhaps one of the most disappointing things that's happening at job fairs today is that you bring your resume, you've, you, you know, you're all excited and you've got it with you and nobody will take it. Right? Nobody's taken that resume. They'd, oh, they'd apply online, apply online, apply online. So prepare yourself for that. There's not much you can do if that's going to be their approach, going to be their stance. However, make sure that you get a way to connect with that individual that you meet. Remember, our purpose for going to the job fair is not a specific job, it's to build our network, to build our connections. That's going to be a successful goal. If it's to get a job from the job fair, most likely going to be disappointed from that goal. So make your goal to make some connections, build your connection base, and give yourself the opportunity to do that by allowing, enabling follow-up, which you can only do if you have contact information. So you walk up to this recruiter who's standing at their company booth at the job fair, You hand them your resume or they say they're not taking one. Really doesn't matter either way. Have a conversation about the positions that they're, that they have open. Ask about the company, right? Have some intelligent questions about the company. My friend Ruth was kind enough to share a trick she uses where you might even ask them if they say you have to upload your resume. You might even ask them, well, yeah, that I'm happy to do that. Is there a specific system that you're using, you know, Taleo or iSIMS? And you might even get some hints about what applicant tracking software they're using, which then, of course, can help you decide if you need to change something on your resume to make sure it gets through. Although that's a whole convoluted world, you could ask and, and maybe be able to do some research then, figure that out. 
but ask some good questions about the company, about the position, and of course be ready to share your elevator pitch. And in this case, it may be a little bit more canned than usual because you're going to be on a tight timeline. So that you'll have to be practiced up a little bit more than you would be at a professional association. And it'll sound a little bit more canned and that's okay at the job fair. And then you want to exchange business cards, if at all possible. If they're not going to take your resume, they may or may not take your business card. And I don't really care about either of those activities. What I care about is that you get the ability to follow up with them. Get their business card. Ask them how they'd like you to follow up. Would they like you to send their resume soft copy to them via email? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. In the very least, write down their name, you know their company name, and try to connect with them on LinkedIn after the event. So get on right after that job fair, before you forget, before they forget who you are, and ask them to connect on LinkedIn. That is the if that is the only thing you can do to follow up, that is a great step to take. Now you're connected, you can see what's going on with them, you can engage again at a later point, you can connect with them to ask questions. You want to be careful with those connections and, and ways that you are communicating with them, but giving yourself the opportunity to do that means getting onto LinkedIn and requesting that connection as soon as possible after the event. So that brings up a point of success for any of these activities, job fairs, professional meetings, professional associations. You have to do some follow-up. That can start with a connection on LinkedIn. And then, of course, if it's someone you met at a professional association, you want to stay in contact in a way that makes sense. So perhaps you're sending them information that you see that may be relevant to them. It may be an article, maybe some kind of of tip or trick or trend that you can share with them that will be valuable to them. And you're maintaining those relationships, right? It doesn't do you any good to go to any of these events and only have a stack of business cards when you get home that you never do anything with. Use them. Otherwise, the money you spent, the time you spent, the energy you spent to go to the event is wasted. Because two years down the line, the fact that you met somebody at at a conference two years ago is going to be meaningless. In fact, I was looking at a picture of the maybe second or third National Resume Writers Association conference that I ever went to and realized that I'd gone to dinner with a lady that now I do business with quite frequently. But I didn't follow up with her after that dinner. And in fact, although she was at that dinner, I'm not sure that I really even introduced myself and got to know her then. And what a missed opportunity to have waited five years to reconnect with this person and do business with her when if we would have connected then and I would have taken that opportunity that I would already spent the time and money and energy to create, how how much different and how much better I may have been doing things now instead of waiting for five years to connect with her and and get her 
energy and, and expertise in partnership with mine to create some wonderful things. So don't let those opportunities pass you by. Follow up, make connections. If someone's not going to be a good fit, you know, make those connections a couple of times, keep in touch, and then it may get further apart. But don't let it completely dissipate because you never know what opportunities may present themselves from that connection. From a job fair, of course, you want to follow up with that recruiter. Ask them how they would like you to follow up in the minimum connect on LinkedIn and then stay in touch with them in a way that makes sense. Perhaps you can send them candidates. Perhaps you can send them information or even depending on where they are and who they are, you might even be able to help them find a candidate or find an opportunity to to work with your organization as a recruiter, right? You just never know what those opportunities may lead themselves to. So follow up, maintain those relationships, figure out who you want to maintain the relationship with and what level, but don't let it a year go by and you haven't ever connected with that person that you met. It really will be a wasted energy and effort on, on your time, which we don't want to do. So as you're looking forward to the summer, get out there, see what's available in your professional space, your your conferences, those job fairs, and start building your professional capital across your industry, across your sphere of influence. Get outside of your company and have some fun. And if you have any questions or thoughts on attending these events, of course, we're always happy to hear them. And you can write to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E at astrategicadvantage.com. And we'll see you right back here next week for another great topic in advancing your career. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.